What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Um, the acoustics will be different here as I am recording this from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Detroit, uh, excuse me, I call it. It's called Morris City Comic Con. Um, thank you to everybody that came out. I will do a separate... Um, I will do a separate... Uh, will I do a separate little podcast on that? Or should I just talk about it now? Because as, as I'm recording this, the two shows that I have for this upcoming week already already uploaded. It will be the analyzation of as you guys if you guys are listening to this, you guys have already heard the last two. But the Monday show is the, anal- the analyzation of Roman Reigns' title run, and the second one is uh, and the Wednesday show is book uh, four of uh, Power Force, the Tommy led episode uh, season or show. Um, and we're talking about winning time today. I think I'll just do it now, because I'm even thinking about going back to back and recording a second Monday show, but like for the following Monday, because I think I want to, I think I finally, I finally have come to, after many months, I've come to my final conclusion of um, what my thoughts are on the Cody Rhodes situation and how I truly feel about it now. Everything like that. So I think I'm gonna do that. Anyway, either way, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk about it now. There's no better time, right? So first of all, uh, Winning Time is a HBO produced original, and it's based on the Lakers dynasty, but it's also based off of a book that was written about the the dynasty of the Lakers. And apparently, the book is all true stories. It's all facts. Apparently, like a lot of people who are in the book, like Pat Riley, Max Johnson, uh, uh, Jerry West, and uh, uh, Dr. J- uh, Jerry Buss have all said that the, a lot of stuff in that book is true. I don't think anyone's ever refuted it. I'm sure they might refute it now, but this obviously it's entertainment, so we have to understand like some of it is hyped up. But we're gonna get into all that in a second. I want to talk about Motor City uh, Comic Con. I know a lot of you guys are always curious about what celebrities were there. If I got went on my way to meet anybody, um, how the panel was, all this stuff. So. First of all, the panel was non-existent only because um, it was a personal situation I had to take care of. And I had to go, so I lost my slot. I was able to get back on with someone else, kind of moderate their panel. But um, essentially, my panel was a no-go because it was of a personal situation. And I just couldn't... I was there, but then something happened and I had to go for the day. Um, and actually, as I'm recording this, it's Sunday... I'm going to check out my, um, first of all, you know what? Let's start from the beginning, how crazy all this is. So, and I will take full responsibility for everything. Don't care. When I was at WrestleMania weekend, I know I didn't go to WrestleMania, but I went to WrestleCon, I went to Supercar of Honor, et cetera, et cetera. I remember when I left, I said to everyone that was talking, I was like, man, something just feels different. I've never, the last time I felt energy like that at a WrestleMania weekend was the one where Daniel Bryan had was WrestleMania 28, where everyone was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you, I have not felt energy like that since. And it could, and that wasn't my first WrestleMania I went to. That was actually my second WrestleMania. And um, I remember vividly just saying, oh my God, it's the first time it's been a normal WrestleMania weekend in three years. I, I've been saying this for months in my personal life. I've had no reason to say it on the show. 
But I said, this summer is going to be fucking crazy. The money that's going to be thrown around, the traveling, like people have been cooped up and it's just going to be crazy. And I, I've been saying that for months now. I have on on on, on God. And um, so anyway, so I have I don't know if which guys, if you guys know or how many of you guys travel a lot, but I have this thing called Clear. And Clear allows you to skip the line. It's like $180 a year. If you travel a lot, it's worth it. If you don't travel at all, it's not worth you having. All right. So um, I used the three month uh, trial last year. And I put mines on hold thinking that would cancel it, but it just puts it on hold. This will charge you. So I said, I probably have it. I might as well use this mother bleeper, right? Well, Clear usually has clear lines. Well, let me tell you something about the DIA, Denver Airport. It is like the Walmart of airports. When I say that, I don't mean as far as structural or cheap-wise. I mean as far as they will have a full house in the building and legitimately have four lanes open for a full house. So where the lines, the lines are not even that bad in Atlanta. And Atlanta has literally, factually, the busiest airport in the world. I know it's because I lived there for so many years. I fact-checked it. They're the only international airport in this country that takes flights from everywhere. Everywhere. That's why sex trafficking was such a problem for so many years. And it may still be a problem over there. I don't know. Anyways. So, I get there. I do. I, I, so, I'm thinking just normal. This is my fault. Completely 100% my fault. I'm like, okay, I could just, you know, I haven't, you so used to go on, you know, sometimes they say three, two or three hours. Well, I remember when that rule first came about many years ago, I would be at the airport four hours before and bored out of my fucking mind. <laughs> and so as it, as it evolved, it became just about two hours. All right, cool. I should be good with this. Blah, blah, blah. Then as, as I got clear last several times I traveled, I've only gotten there like an hour and a half before because I'm like, I'm just going to walk through. I'm just going to breeze through. So I, I get to the airport. My, my flight's at 645. I get to the airport at like 545. It's cool. I walk in. The line at 545 is huge. It's just, it's, I can't even describe the airport to you, but imagine, you know what I think then? It's like when COVID first hit and the government said we're shutting everything down. And people had to go and get their weed in, in Denver, right? The lines, the lines for the weed shops were so long that the governor had to uh, deem them as essential because he wanted people to go home. That's how bad it was. So that's how long these lines were. That's, that's the best example I can give you guys. So if you don't have weed shops in your, in your town, I'm sorry, but that's the best example I can think of. So anyways... I'm like, all right, I'm good. So then I go, I walk around the corner, make a right. The clear line is not like I've ever seen it before. But once again, they only have four lanes open. I was like, what? Why? So finally, maybe like 20 minutes later, now it's 6.05. Um, it's like, okay, boom. We have all lanes open. Now we're moving. Now we're cooking with gas. So welcome back. You know what I'm saying? Still, it's moving faster, but not fast enough. A lot of people have already missed their planes now. Because I've never seen any clear line like that before in my life. Ever. And I'm telling you, and I believe this, all these 
air all these all these um airports are going to need to prepare to get smashed and they're going to need to schedule better now i am pretty sure 100 they didn't lay anyone off the airlines i mean the, excuse me the, um the the airports like tsa and so i'm pretty sure those people are still there like i've never heard of a staffing issue with tsa i'm sure that would be a lot of excuses now because they're gonna get smashed this summer this summer will be a terrible summer for them they will experience it i hope all these people get raises i'm ditch serious they're gonna get smashed these even the clear people are like what's going on like you know like they're trying to make excuses now a part of the package for clear is you technically have your own line even if it's not just the line for Claire, essentially, as soon as you leave, it's a line right there. And it's, I've never seen it with people who are willing to walk down from the other side to go to that lane. Because that makes no sense. When you have a line, there's probably two people in, you're right there, boom, 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 right? So anyways, um, no one can explain. So anyways, by the time I get out, I'm not, I, I, I check in to Claire, go through, and that's like 6.15, I know the plane. I know the plane's mess because I've only been at 6:45. They closed the door like 15 minutes before, so I still have a chance. But then I go and then I get a I get a random search thing. I'm doing air quotes there, just so you guys know. Air quotes, no air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. And then another person gets a random one. They're not paying attention because they're so busy that they're finally like, hey, the guy looks over and says, hey, I have two randoms. I need you guys to check. It's a yell down there because they're so busy. So you get randomly checked. Takes like maybe a minute or two. Now it's 6.25. The check took a minute. Them recognizing us took about 10 minutes. So now I know the plane's mess. So I end up going, getting to the, the gate. Plane's messed. So I call Delta. They tell me they can't do anything for me because I, I, I booked through Expedia. So they tell me to call Expedia. All right. Well, it just so happens that I had called Delta the first time and told them I'd wait because it was like a 50 minute uh, wait time. So I said, all right, I'll just save my place in line. Call Expedia. Try to try to see if I can cancel some stuff, get my money back. He says, well, I usually the airports or the airlines work with you, especially with us because we're good partners with them, which I thought the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the only reason I use Expedia is because they have better deals on if you get a car or plane in a, 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 a hotel, the, the 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 stuff with usually the airlines is super expensive because they have partners, other partners that are more high end. Like even though, like example, right? So I'm at the Hampton Inn currently. Hampton is not a cheap air um, hotel, but like they also have deals with you no. Know, um, <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of that hotel. It's called like Road Six or something like that. It's called something like that. It's 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 the definition of a gutter motel. Even though it's a nice place, sometimes it's terrible. I stayed there one time when I was when went to when I went to Louisiana. I think I went to Louisiana for um for Louisiana Comic Con. That's when I was with Zachavelli. And congratulations to Zachavelli. He just had his first baby. He moved to uh, what's it China? It's China or Japan. Uh, found him a wife. He went over there to teach students um, English, and he ended up finding himself a wife. And now they have a kid. Uh, he's, uh, from what I can tell, he was just born. I think his name was Maxwell Kipling. Um, and by the way, for those of you guys who have been asking, because uh, I know someone asked me about him, because uh, uh, we have done music together, we've done a comic book together. Comic book is called Not Qualified. Um, it's on every platform right now. 
Um, and actually, Zachavelli and me collaborated on some music on my upcoming album called Privacy's an Illusion. Don't know when that's going to drop as we're still riding momentum from um, Killer Messenger. But it's a song called 24 Me and Him Did Together. As that gets closer and closer, I will uh, do a podcast on that. Anyways, um, so I stay at one of those, Road 6. It's it's gutter. It's just, it's, it is what it is. So, I, so Expedia has deals with all of them, where the whole airlines have the deals with the higher end, you know, the Sheratons, the Westins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so, um, yeah, it's one of those situations where they're pushing those at the higher rates. And for me, I'm already going to stay by the airport, but... If I still have a high end, like example, when I stay in Atlanta, I usually stay at the Westin, right? Which is like seven minutes away from the airport. So if I go through Expedia for the hotel, that room, let's say I stay for three days, it's probably gonna be like 250, 300 bucks, right? If I, if I go through the airlines, that's probably gonna be like 500 bucks. Cause they're, they're, cause, cause they're, they're, cause it's, this was just what they do, right? So I'm not gonna be mad and knock them at all, whatever. It what it comes down to it just comes down to um, that's what it is, right? So, anyways, um, so I didn't call Expedia, and when mind you, I've talked to Delta already. They said they can't do anything. Let's call Expedia. They said they can't do anything. They have to talk to my, uh, Dollar, which is a company I rented my car through. They talked to the Hampton Inn. They got to talk to this because you know whatever. So, because he's trying to say, hey, let's just set you up for a different time. I said, well, you understand. My meeting is Saturday. So, if I can't make the meeting, it makes no sense. I just, I'm just trying to get as much money back as I can and, and move forward with, with the losses I'm going to take. I said, okay, well, I hung up with someone else. Well, someone else hung up on me because they don't want to. I said, I'll wait the hour, right? Because at this point, I'm, I'm about to leave the airport and go home and consider it a loss. But then I thought about something. I have a meditation partner. And legitimately, the one thing we've said the last, I want to say, six or seven months is do what you can in your power. And I had not done everything in my power yet. So I said, I'm going to stay at the airport for an hour. If they, they can find out within an hour if they can do something for me or not. If not, cool. Now, meanwhile, um, Delta is call me back. And I'm already on hold with this guy, so he he doesn't know. So I so I take the phone from Delta. I'm like, hey, what's up? She's up, she's up saying, hey, what's going on? Tell her what the situation is. And so I already know I can't get a refund through Delta, but she's like, hey, she says, hey, there's two other flights, and one flight is 10:48 a.m., which is now two hours away, which I would be willing to stay for and go. But she was like, the problem is that's that to get on that flight is gonna make 800 bucks or 500 bucks. And I was like, okay, that's crazy she said but the five o'clock flight is going to be two hundred dollars and essentially we're going to refund you we're going to have them refund you expedia and then we're just going to you pay the difference that was like 200 bucks it's just a way to fuck you over dude but that's why you don't miss flights mind you this is the first time i've ever missed a flight before in my life first time ever now i don't consider you missing a flight if you're standby if you're standby that's just what it is that's your standby um but um, yeah, no. So, anyways, she ends up um, saying, all right, this is how we're going to do it. And I was like, all right, cool. And 
I pay the 200 bucks and I hang up with everybody and now I'm booked for the five o'clock flight. But I made sure that this wasn't a standby flight. This was a real flight. She said, it's a real flight. You're booked on it, blah, blah, blah. The only thing she lied about was she said I was going to have a window seat and I had a middle seat. So anyways, now I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to leave the airport, go home, get some sleep. So I got like three hours of sleep. Then I'm going to drive back out, which is an hour away, but it's cool, blah, blah, blah. So I do all that. Um, the guy ends up calling me back because I hang up. And I say, hey, yeah, I was on the phone with Delta. They called me. We worked it all out. Thank you for your help. Click. So I get on the 5 o'clock flight. Gone. Land in Detroit around. Because now when I live in Mountain Time, I'm two hours behind. Now I'm back on East Coast time. And um, so it's now like, what, 10? And then on top of that, oh, best part about this. So now I'm told that Dollar, the rental company, closes at 11. I'm like, all right, cool. My plane lands at 10, 12. So I'm like, all right, I should be able to make that, all right? That's about 40-something minutes. I've never seen a uh, rental car company by the airport that's like 40 minutes away, whatever. So I call them because now that flight's delayed. The five o'clock flight is delayed because they have mechanical issues. So it's delayed by 30 minutes. I'm like, hey, well, can I pick up my car or do I use my money back? How, how do you guys want me to do it? Because the way when I, I way I do my trips is I pay for everything up front. Like my car, I pay for I don't want to pay for anything when I get here. The only thing I want to do is give you my credit card so you can put the hold on it. I think it was like 200 bucks hold on it. And, and that's it. Otherwise, I want all my money. I want you to have all my money beforehand. So that way, it's no drama, right? So they're telling me, oh, oh customer, and customer service is saying this, by the way. They're like, hey, just so you know, we put a note in the system. Uh, they will stay open for you. I've worked in customer service a long time. Customer service, when they call, you know what happens to those phone calls at the actual hub? Man, fuck that motherfucker. Click. I'm not listening to that person. They're making promises because that's their job is to make promises, right? So when I call the hotel, because most hotels, don't know if you guys know this, most hotels, though, if you don't check in by midnight, they cancel your reservation. Now, I don't know if that's still a thing, but I know it's a thing maybe a couple years ago. But, um... So I call them, tell them, hey, plane's delayed, mechanical issues. I probably won't get there until like 1130, 11.45. All right, put a note in the system, blah, 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 cool. So I land, we're 30 minutes late now. So now it's like 10.40. So I'm still rushing because I'm like, well, if these people do decide to have, have it in their heart to stay open, I don't want to be rude. Turns out Google is not right. I thought Google was right about everything, but it's not. So apparently... These people have not updated their Google. On Fridays and Saturdays, they're open until 1 a.m. So I get to the, to the place I'm supposed to be. The show picks me up. I ask the driver, hey, bro, like, what time do they close? Oh, they'll be open. No, blah, blah, blah. So end up getting the car. I think I checked in after midnight. Yeah, I checked in after midnight. Because there's a whole the situation in the car. That was my Friday alone. So I'm exhausted. But at least I have everything I need. So now I'm going to wake up the next day, which is Saturday. I'm going to drive to the con. I've never been to Detroit before my first time. So I get to Detroit. I mean, excuse me. I get to, I, I wake up in the morning, leave my area at nine. So that way I could make it there. Cause I don't have my, um, my badge, like the programming director, uh, didn't give me any information on the badge. So I said, all right, cool. 
So I drove to the place. I did actually like the place that this that this venue was being held. You know, it reminds me of kind of like a mini little. It this wasn't a mini stadium like the Cairo, the Colorado Springs um, is held in, but this was a, a building. But it, it, it just was, was wide open and the way it had set up. I liked it because you could see everything downstairs. And then you can go up to the the, the speakers area. And and it, it just would be cool. It's just a cool way the layout is, I guess. So I get there. I go to three different places. Wait in line. Three different places. No one has these badges. I have to go, behind, I have to, go to the back to get my badge to make sure I'm good. So I, now it's, it's just like 10, 20. It's just 1020 at this point. My con- my panel isn't until 1. And all guard signing isn't until 2. So, I say, you know what? There's a few people I want to meet. I want to get their autograph. So, cool. So, I think it was what, four people who wanted to meet all together. Uh, Ethan Page. MJF. Uh, Brenton, I can't, I can't remember his last name, but he plays Nightwing in, um, in Titans. And I can't remember his real name either, but he plays Red Hood in Titans. And so I said, all right, let me try to see if I can meet those people before. I will say this. This is the first time I've ever had, like, people ever like, actually came somewhat on time. So MJF was, like, 30 minutes late. He came. He was pissed off. He fucked with everybody. Like, legit, even if you didn't fuck with him, he just fucked with you just to do it, right? This one kid had, like, his, he was taking a picture. The kid giving him the middle finger. The kid has a scarf on. He takes the kid's scarf and he sneezes in it to put the scarf back around the neck of the kid. I was like, holy crap on the Cracker Batman. This dude's hardcore. So, um,. Then he gets annoyed, MJF, when, or in kayfabe, obviously. This guy who dressed like Popeye, he was sounding like him. He had, dude, it was, he was, he was pretty good cosplay. He's like, <laughs> he's making his laugh or whatever. And then all of a sudden, MJF was like, look, and he realizes, this dude's, don't, he's like, don't touch me. It's, 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 he was in character for, he even messed with me. I didn't even say anything to him. I said not one word to him. He even messed with me. I, I was the only one that was in line that did not fuck with him. So I got him to sign something. I ended up, well, when, when I was waiting for MJF, I was seeing how the lines were for everybody else. And the line for Colton, I think his name is Colton, but I'm, I'm just going to call him Red Hood. Red Hood was short. Sign, I finally got him to sign. I've been trying to get him to sign uh, my Red Hood action figure for like, I know last year, was it last year that he canceled his Colorado Springs comic con? Was that the con that I met John Moxley? I think that was the con I met John Moxley at. So yeah. Been trying to get into science since last year. He finally, finally got his signature. Uh, went went back. MJF there. He signed that. Went then went to Nightwing, who was busy. Like one oh, other guy. I won't say the number out here because it's not my business to tell. But I want to say it was like eleven twenty when I got his signature. The number of the, the amount of money they were at already was ridiculous. I do wonder what the piece. The con get is I do wonder how, I wonder how much they get, but holy crap on a cracker like it was he was he he was the money that he was already at was ridiculous. So anyways, um, getting the sign and I go to Ethan Page. Ethan Page was super nice, super humble. See, um, and I didn't have an action figure. I was just gonna get a picture, but then he was selling his own little mini action figures, which by the way, are rip off online, which is surprising. 
sarcasm there. But I remember the figure I got was a tiny little. It's like one of those old school WWE. Is it Hasbro figures where you wind up their arm and they they do pump action or whatever, something stupid shit like that. Um, when I looked at this figure up online, that shit was like 120 bucks. He was only selling it for 60, which included the autograph. And so, anyways, I'm signing that. Didn't get the picture of him. I did get a picture of MJF because we're fighting. And, well, she took it as we're arguing. But he was arguing with nobody. He was arguing with himself. The guy's nuts. So, anyways, then the situation happened where I had to go. Um, but otherwise, that was cool. But it was the first time I actually said, all right, I'm going to get some autographs. And it wasn't like I had to get somebody's autograph before, then get someone's autograph after. It actually went pretty smooth. I think I had all the autographs by noon. Yeah. Every autograph by noon. It was kind of interesting. So, anyways, that was that experience. It's, it's cool. Um, but let's get to, to, to today's topic. Um, we've already been 24 minutes into this thing. Me explaining all that shit. Um, so, winning time. I did not know this show was a thing until I think I was in the barber shop. And I saw um, a commercial for it. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. You know, the guy they cast to be Magic Johnson. Oh, my God, he looks just like him back in the day before the bald head. Holy crap on a cracker. Talking about doppelgangers. That's great casting. Anyways, um, so my impressions of it was I don't take it all seriously. Um, I know some of it is pulled up for entertainment purposes, and that's just what it is. Um, Do I think... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was literally walking. I think he was miserable at that time in his career, because I think he was. I think I did watch a documentary with him, a documentary with him one time, where he did say Magic's first year was the year he was thinking about it being his last, and surprise, and boom, 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 they ended up winning a title in Magic's first year. Um. So do I think he was miserable? Yeah. Do I think he walked around saying, "Fuck off" to everybody? I, I don't know if I believe that. I think that's just something he added in. I thought that was hilarious. Um, do I think Jerry West was, cause see, I know Jerry West was complaining about his portrayal and honestly his portrayal in the first two or three episodes, he comes off as a maniac, right? Like very bitter. They only won one ring his career. Uh, the, the Celtics were just the team that haunted him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as the season went on, it's 10 episodes season, by the way, he, that character just leveled out. It just it just leveled out. So, I once again, you never want to be portrayed in a way you don't want to be portrayed. So I, I'm not gonna sit here and knock him for that. Even though I think it's kind of crazy how it's only the first two episodes, maybe three, where the scenes he's in, he's kind of like it's bizarre world, right? But I don't know the guy. You know, only only people who are around knows how he was acting at that time. But he was in retirement. He was the head coach. And then he didn't want to coach when Jerry Buss took over. Um, but Jerry Buss took over. Jerry Buss, very egotistical. Very much had a, vis- a vision for what he wanted the Lakers to be. Um, if you think about it, what, in Jerry Buss' time, he had three, excuse me, two dynasties. He had one in the 80s, and he had one in the early 2000s. Um, so, very confident guy. Uh, n- very few men were painted in a good light here. Pat Riley was painted in a good light. 
But Magic Johnson was painted as a cheating person, which he clearly did. That's how I mean, him and Cookie were together off and on for many years. Um, but he came off horribly. Um, Jerry Buss came off horribly. Um, you kind of see the origin story of Jeannie Buss, how she just wanted to be respected by her dad. And I think we've even heard stories. I, I, I remember hearing some stories about how when Jerry Buss died, uh, he left to, to his son for one year. I can't remember the son's name. And when the son wasn't getting it done, it was like enacted to it, let Jeannie Buss take it over. Um, and I think since Jerry Buss died, they've won one ring under Jeannie. And that was, what, that was like, what LeBron's second year in the bubble. Um, but anyways, you see her origin story. Um, her and Magic kind of came up together. And the fact that, like, they all came up together, you think about it. Like, he came up together with the buses, essentially. You know, he is attached to the buses for the rest of his life. You know, they believed in him. He believed in that vision. Um, you, you see the seeds planted for the Larry Bird feud. Um, I did love, and I don't know if this is true or not. I, matter of fact, what I want to do is actually read that book. Or even if it's an audio book, I just want to uh, read it in some form or fashion. Because I do know that Matthew Johnson said that he idolized Dr. J. And I don't, and, and after the first meeting, Dr. J took it to him and it really busted Kareem, uh, not Kareem, uh, Magic. And Magic said, just so you know, this, this isn't over. And I think uh, Dr. J said, there'll be other nights, right? And then they met in the finals that year. And in game six, which is the game that Kareem was hurt for, um, Magic, that's how Magic won the, the, the championship going, playing every single minute and uh one part of it and i don't know if he actually said this to dr j or not but in the beginning of the game he said uh he was smiling and dr j said what are you smiling for he says because i want to take a ring from dr j um that was a cool line so anyways to me I, like i said this is, these are all origin stories you, you see magic johnson's humble beginnings and then you see everything he goes through his trials and tribulations his first year of having kind of a big ego, doing passes that these, these grown men never seen before. And he says, I'm just trying to show the love. And they're not understanding it, but then they end up embracing him. Um, which I, They won the title the first year. They had to embrace him. And back and forth, you know. You had to embrace the smile, the ego. Um, I love the guy who played Kareem. I don't know his real name. But I love the guy who played Kareem because you see his evolution as well. And him being so pro-black and being militant, but then seeing someone who just is living life. It was a powerful thing to, for me to see, because it's like, and I don't know if that actually happened in real life, but I think if that, if that did not, that was a good twist to have. But I mean, I would have to assume that Kareem accepted it, you know, even showed him the sky hook and everything. In my opinion, I just believe that was one of the better turns on this particular show because... For me, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, that, they called Kareem Captain. And um, Magic had to get his respect. And at one point in time, they almost fought because Kareem was just being miserable, not really being a team player. Everyone was just scared to talk to him. Um, that, that was pretty cool to see. You know, just going from militant to being like, hey, we this kid's pretty good, you know. If he's just living life, I can't blame him for that. And you know, and this is something that I, I talk about in private with people who are very 
pro-black or militant or, hey, man, we need to fight for these rights. And I'm all for that. But I'm also all for people who just want to live life because life is stressful, you know. And it's a part of, like, when you do music as well, when you do something that's, like, you know, um, creative and you're an entertainer. It's like some people just want to cut their radio on, their Bluetooth on, and vibe. Not everybody wants to think about serious stuff all the time. You know, that's just that's just not what some people want to do. That's just that's, some people just want to live, and that's okay. You know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so I, I love I love I love that. So, anyways, um, so anyways. I feel like the evolution of these characters was pretty fun to watch. You see, like, dude, like, if, even if half of that was true, the drama these guys, everybody went through, the men, the women, whether it was Jerry Buss's mother dying in the middle of it before he could fulfill his dream of seeing them win the championship, of, of Jerry Buss actually being broke and or having a few thousand dollars in the bank and literally putting everything on this kid's shoulders. And saying and, and talking to banks that he owes money to and saying, hey, do you really want to be the people that run away from the Lakers when we win a world championship? And then they just make these it's just these earth, um, these insurmountable situations where you're just kind of sitting there. You're kind of like, yo, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, yeah, I know they won the title. So I know it worked out in the end. But at that moment, it was like, that's still fucking crazy. You know, um, you, 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 you seeing that. Like I said, the men in this in the 80s came off terrible. A lot of them did. You know, um, I will say this last one before I forget. I don't know if this is true or not, and I'm actually going to look it up. I should have looked it up before, but I don't know if it's true or not. But I remember seeing how um, Magic ended up uh, winning MVP of the finals. And supposedly through the show, via the show, Kareem, who was hurt in that home, was supposed to win the final MVP, and David Stern convinced Magic to take it, which came off very shady. I'm like, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up. But that was like, when I saw it, I was like, can you even do that? If people voted for that person to be the, the the MVP, then that person was the MVP, right? I don't know. So, anyways, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, the show was just all over the place, man. It was just pretty crazy. You see, uh. Donald Sterling, who, for those who don't know, he was the one who made some really racist comments uh, about black people. They ended up ousting him out of the NBA forever. He used to own the Clippers. Um, apparently, there's a, a show coming out <laughs> called The Sterling Tapes because he was recorded by his, I think she was a, a young lady he had dating or whatever you want to call that. Um, he was, She recorded him and put it out there. And uh, he had nothing nice to say about black people, I'll tell you that. Uh, even though he was accused of it many, many years before that video did him in. Um, they forced him to sell and everything like that. Um, so, anyways, uh, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought the acting was good. Like I said, no one, no one really endorses this show. No human being, live human being, real human being, endorses this show. Um, I know Magic says not a portrayal of him. Uh, Jerry West obviously said that it was not him. A lot of people said it was not me. Um, 
and they even got some people, some of the uh, some of the characters' sons uh, or people's sons to play them, which was as always dope. But in my opinion, if you're a sports fan and you like history, so many things are historically fact. You can't take away that the fact that, or you can't add to the fact that Lakers won. Like it's 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 documented how many minutes Magic Johnson played and how he got put into the center role for that night and how he wanted it. Um, the coaching situation was crazy. I didn't know about the coaching situation. How Jack McKinney um, got hurt in the middle of the season. I know he ended up winning. I know he went on to end up coaching other teams, but I, I remember vividly not even knowing that. And Westhead took over, and him and Pat Riley was assistant coaches. I remember seeing one time how many rings Pat Riley had, and then said one as assistant coach. I was like, oh, I know. I never knew he was assistant coach. That's how he became assistant coach. Is Westhead needed help, and I ended up becoming his right hand man. And even though it was Jack McKinney who started it, they had to finish it because there's no way Jack McKinney could have finished it. He was too badly injured, and he was fighting to come back because he knew McKinney knew he had a, a championship caliber team. He knew it. Um, I do wonder if Jack McKinney ended up getting a ring from that, though. You know, matter of fact, let's look at it, let's look at it right now together while we're on uh, the show. Spelled that wrong. Yeah, let's see. I know he passed away in 19, oh, excuse me, 2018. Uh, uh, yeah, well, no. He got a ring as an assistant coach at 77. So he didn't get a ring for that? That's interesting because I think in football, if you were on the team for a certain amount of weeks, you got a ring. You get a ring because you're on the team. That's surprising. He got coach of the year. That's interesting. His, his NBA record is terrible, though. 136 and 215. His college record, 163 and 83. That's interesting. Okay. Good to know. Did not know that. Anyways. Um, so, to me, the coaching stuff was just... Everything was just a mess that year. It was a transitional year, and they won the championship. And um, it was just... That was just pretty dope. So, anyways... I recommend it if you're a sports fan. I think it's a good 10 episodes to watch, fun episodes to watch. They do break the fourth wall. Uh, Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss do, like, talk to the, the camera. Some other characters do talk to the camera as well. But um, I thought it was fun, you know, personally. But I can see how if you're being portrayed, you don't want to be portrayed like that. I can see that 100%. So I'm not even mad for people who feel that way. So... Anyways, that is your show for this week, this Wednesday show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I will talk to you guys next Monday. I am The Slow Chemical, and we are out.